This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're a grown woman, so you need to eat. Like, your body is a machine and it carries you through life, so why are you starving it? My advice is go for it. Because I think that's kind of what I live for. And I, I get that question a lot of like, I'm miserable in my job. What do I do? Do I stay? And I'm always like, go for it. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Sydney Litwackel and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. I, as always, am so happy that you are here and sharing this hour with me. Um, I'm your host, Sydney, and I love to do whatever I can to inspire you, to lead you through your week, to find people to chat with that will also do that and will give you a little bit of insight into really inspiring and incredible people. And I'm excited for today's episode, as I always am. We have Morgan Willett on the podcast. She, if you don't know, she was on many uh, reality TV shows. So she, breaking it down, was on Big Brother, which she actually ended up winning, which no big deal. Um, she was on MTV's The Challenge and X on the Beach. I was really interested in seeing and hearing from her the differences between all of those shows and how they filmed Bachelor because I feel like that is almost the thing that people are most interested in is getting that backstory of how these crazy shows that we are so obsessed with are created. And there's a lot that goes into it, let me tell you. So we compare and contrast that and it's super interesting. And besides that, she is a very inspiring, very peppy, very, um, as she even noted, she has great energy and she is very into the fitness world. She actually just started her own company. So we talk all about that and we get a lot of helpful advice about how she works with the clients that she has to help them in the fitness world, in their nutrition and just bettering themselves with health and wellness. So it's a really good episode. We got a lot of fun uh, things out of Morgan. So I'm excited for today. Um, As far as my something to share goes, I always ask my guests lately, we have this new segment where I ask everyone to give me like a show and tell item that is either has an interesting backstory, is from their nightstand, or is something surprising. So today I kind of wanted to do that with you. And maybe it's just this week, but I'm feeling a little sentimental. So I actually have, let me grab it. Some of you may know about this. Some of you might not. So it's a journal, which we all have seen. Great. But um, I've gotten a lot of questions I feel lately about relationships and how do you know when it's right and a lot about specifically long distance, which if you guys didn't know, Nick and I started off as long distance and now are living together. And it's a really crazy story, which I'm sure you've heard. But when we started dating or when we started this idea of long distance, it was all over the phone. We only had to talk via FaceTime and text. And eventually we were able to visit each other. And that's when we solidified that we were going to continue on as a couple. And I had an idea and a lot of it, I think, was because I was asking people for advice on how to do long distance. And we started sharing a journal back and forth between each other. So if you're doing long distance or even if you're in a relationship or you're missing your friends, I think this is a really great way to keep in touch with people and connect on a deeper level. So I had the plan that we were going to get this journal 
I'm not going to show you the contents because some in, some intimate stuff is in there. But um, we had this journal and we decided that one week I would have it. I would write a letter or two in it. And then the next time I saw him, I would bring it with me and then he would write in it and then vice versa. We would keep going back and forth and kind of trading off in this journal. And it was just a, such a simple way for me to one, get to know him better and then to to really like pour our feelings out, um, which sometimes is hard to do just when you're talking with someone or when you're texting with them or when you're face-to-face. For some reason, that pen to paper really changes things. And I just found out so much more about him and got to connect with his like heart and soul even more. So I was looking back on it because actually, fun fact, this week is our one-year anniversary since we started dating. I think it's actually a year and three months, but this is when we made it Instagram official. And this is the only date that we can really remember that we can solidify has been our one year. So on Friday, it's our one year anniversary. And I was getting sentimental about it. So yeah, if you guys are in relationships, like I said, or if you want to just start this practice, it's such a nice thing to do. And I kind of miss doing it because we only did it from when we were long distance, but you just really pour your heart out. And it's nice to also have something that to refer back to and see where you were in that time of life and how you've kind of built from there and how you connected. So I wanted to share that with you guys in case that someone needed a little idea to kind of freshen up their relationship or their friendships or wanted a new practice to kind of implement into their lives. I've actually also been lately obsessed with this book, The Bronze Horseman. And I know I keep talking about it, but I <laughs> have read these the book is thousands of pages. It is huge. And I do not know how I've read them so fast because I've spent a year reading a book sometimes and not gotten through it. But this one I'm getting through in two days, three days. So uh, I've actually been obsessed with it. And it's about this couple and they have like this unrecredited love story. It's such a beautiful story, but it happens. It takes place during World War II in the Soviet Union. I'm not going to get into it, but they get separated at some point, obviously, in the war. He's a soldier. She is a nurse, all the things. But they get separated and they write letters back to one another. Simple letters, but they're so beautifully written. And it just, uh, it wrenches my heart. And I'm just like, I'm missing letters. I'm missing that slow burn. I don't know if it's because of me reading this book that takes place in the 1940s in the Soviet Union. I'm not sure, but I've just been kind of obsessed with that slow courting, going back to old school, to writing letters to each other. I think it's so simple and yet beautiful and poetic. And I just love it. Yeah. So that's a few things I shared, but one, I'm obsessed with the Bronze Horseman series. If you haven't read them, please read them and understand why I've been doing nothing but reading this past these past couple of weeks because I'm obsessed Um, and maybe try writing letters back and forth to someone that matters to you because it's such a special practice. Um, Yeah. Another question I always get lately is the idea of how do you know when something is real, when uh, something's right for you as far as relationships go. And I've been thinking about it. Once I first started talking to Nick did I know right away? Was it love at first sight? No, because we hadn't even been in person. But it was definitely a slow build for me. And I think he can speak on this differently. But it was I just found him very easy to open up to. In no way was I just jumping in head first, not thinking, falling head over heels. So it wasn't like this dramatic falling in love, but it was more of a slow burn. And that's the best way I can describe it. And then further knowing how it was real, 
I actually spent a lot of my 20s, because I'll be turning 30, I can say that. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of my 20s really trying to figure out what I wanted out of a partner. And I believe in a lot of this like woo-woo stuff, yes, but I think what helped me the most was getting super clear on who I was as a person and what I valued and then seeking that in other people. And did I find it right away? Absolutely not. Did I fall for people's what they said they were and fall for some fuckboys? Absolutely I did. So all that to say, I wouldn't change any of that for the world because I had that time to really figure out what I needed and what I was looking for, not to complete me as a human being, but to be that bonus to my life, to be that person that I could go through life with that would make me better, but I also could make him better. And someone that I knew would be there to support me no matter what the situation. So how I figured that out through Nick was watching his interactions with other people. So when we first got in person and the way that he talked about his family, I got a very good sense of who he was and uh, the things that mattered to him. I also got his sense of humor very well. And that was something that I really wanted out of life was just to be able to laugh a lot. And I knew that was a good sign when we spent half the time talking to each other, just laughing. So find those key things. I think if I were to describe my key things, it would be laughter, unconditional support on both fronts, someone that I was inspired by, and someone that... I could take into any situation and trust that we'd either A, have a good time or B, just know that he had my back and that I had his. So yeah, I people always ask that question of how do I know when it's real? I feel like it's a matter of knowing what's important to you and seeing those qualities in another person. My grandma also always told this to me to get to know what qualities about them that you don't like and understand if you can live with those qualities or not because they don't go away. People don't change to their core. Yes, they can make things better. Yes, they can improve. But those things are still going to be there on some level. And ask yourself, could you live with those or not? So it's not about changing someone. It's about just knowing who they are on a deepest level, knowing who you are on that deeper level, and just seeing if you guys can connect in this life together. Yeah, so I feel like I'm being very mushy right now. But I wanted to kind of talk that through because I feel like sometimes it's hard to know when you're dating, you get excited about someone and they give you the early signs that they might be the person you're looking for. They have the aspects of the things that you were looking for, but sometimes you are you don't want to get too excited or you don't want to misread signals and you don't want to make excuses for people if they seem like they're the whole package, but you deep down usually know that there's aspects missing or there's qualities missing. Ask yourself those questions. Do they have those blank, 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 whatever they are, qualities that you need out of a person? And if they don't, they're probably not meant to be. But if they do, and you can live with the things that drive you insane, then it's probably right. And I hope that you all find that and soon if you are looking. So I think that's it for me today. That was my something I wanted to share. It's my mushy week, uh, my anniversary week, and I'm excited. We'll have Nick come back on the podcast very soon. We are going to go through all of your uh, scenarios that you need uh, advice on, and we're going to go through your assumptions about us. So it's going to be super fun, and that's coming out soon. But before we do that, we have Morgan today, and I think you're really going to enjoy this one, guys. So share it with someone who needs to hear it and tag us on social media at Something to Share Podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure that you follow the podcast 
Apple has changed it. So now it's follow instead of subscribe. So if you haven't followed, hit the follow button and get notified of when we have episodes. Without further ado, here is Morgan. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to sit down with you. I know that we've met once. It seems like I know you very well, but we met one time at an influencer event back in the day when the world was open. And I really connected with you. So thank you so much for being here and chatting with me. Thank you. I'm so excited. I always love a good um, chit chat. For everyone that doesn't know who you are, can you give us just like a little brief on who you are, what you've done in the past, and kind of what you're doing now with your life? So I, for those who maybe recognize me from reality TV, um, I'll start there. So I started off on Big Brother Over the Top, um, which was a summer or a fall version of the normal Big Brother season. I ended up winning that. So that's what a lot of people originally recognized me from, which was very fun. It was like my first introduction to reality TV, like got my toes in the water, kind of realized what it was. Mm -hmm. I was 22, fresh out of college. I was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, From there, moved to Los Angeles, tried to pursue a career in hosting. Um, That kind of didn't work out. Instead of TV hosting, I went back on TV. I ended up going on an MTV dating show called X on the Mm -hmm. Beach, um, which was a very interesting experience to say the least. That's kind of all I'll say. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, from there went on MTV's The Challenge. That's where I met my current boyfriend, where a lot of people also recognize me from as dating Johnny Bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I decided to kind of retire from reality TV, decided that was not necessarily my path. And I launched a fitness business. And now I do fitness full time. And I also do social media influencing full time. So Sydney, I feel like we're basically the same person at this yeah, point in our lives. We kind of are. And I love that we're sitting down because we were actually talking about this before we hit record, just how crazy we kind of feel. And it, you want to be, I don't know, I feel like if you have a platform or if you've been on a show, you just kind of want to utilize your platform and do good things with it. But you also want to pursue your passions and stay active and do kind of everything. And I know you're doing that as well. And it it's sometimes you're like, I love what I'm doing. This is amazing. I'm so happy I'm doing this. But I'm sometimes I'm like, I'm not accomplishing anything or I'm trying to accomplish everything and it feels like nothing's getting done or I feel like I'm just being like stretched. So yes. I feel that completely. I feel like I'm constantly like on a hamster yes. wheel and I'm not getting off this hamster wheel no matter how hard I try. Because once I teach a fitness class and I come home and I feel like I need to be active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I feel like I need a mental break and I need to get off Instagram, but it's this constant battle of, because we kind of work for ourselves. What is the line of, all right, is this work or is this play? Um, Do I need to be on my phone 12 hours a day? Probably not, but I feel like it's helping my career. Mm. So it's kind of this fine balance that I've been trying this past year to figure out how exactly to handle all of that, which I've kept my head above water thus far. So I'm proud of that, but I mean, I'm sure you understand it's very difficult. And I feel like a lot of people only see what we put on Instagram, which is, I mean, Instagram's a highlight reel. I totally get that. They think things are fine and dandy and sunshine and rainbows, but it actually is so much work and stress behind the scene. So it's, it's interesting. Interesting life we live. Very interesting. And I can highly appreciate 
all that you put into it. Because even when it's not the highlight reel, even when it's like, I'm going to be real on Instagram today, it's still a curated version of what I want to show and what I want to not show. So there's a thought process and a way to represent that through. It's a whole thing. So yes, just know that there's always, we're always on that same wheel. So if you feel the same out there, know that you're not alone whatsoever. Not in the slightest. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your time on reality TV. I know it was a while ago, but I kind of just want to compare and contrast the three that you went on and to Bachelor because I have a Bachelor experience and I went on two shows for that. So I kind of want to know, like, I'm curious what the filming process, more than the show, more than like winning or anything like that, which is amazing because you won Big Brother, but just how each of them were differently filmed and kind of comparing them to my own experience. And I'm curious about your experience because I'm sure it's, I'm I'm thinking it might be more similar to MTV if Mm -hmm. I'm thinking correctly. But so with Big Brother, you're filming, I filmed for 65 days. So it's a shorter version. Most summer seasons are 99 days, Mm -hmm. I think. So mine was a little shorter, but 65 days and you never see a producer. I think that's the biggest difference between Big Brother and Bachelor, Big Brother and the challenges. Mm. You never see humans. It's all through a speaker. Um, It's just so bizarre. Even people think in the diary room, you have someone like interviewing you or someone in person or you're talking face to face. And it's like, no, you're staring at a wall at a tiny little camera and there's a voice coming out behind it. So I think Big Brother was definitely psychologically probably the hardest because you're really alone. You're alone with your thoughts. You're stuck with the 10 or so people you have in the house. And if you happen to not like them or not get along with them, well, that's too bad because that's really all you have. You Mm -hmm. can't go to a producer and be like, oh my God, this is hard. Like go to them for an escape. So that was the biggest and most challenging thing of Big Brother that I think a lot of people forget about is Mm -hmm. it's just us trapped in the house. There's no excursions. There's no like one-on-one dates where you get a kind of, and I'm sure that's not as fun as it may seem on TV, but (laughs) there's no like going off to a destination. Mm -hmm. You are in the same four walls in the tiny little backyard the whole entire time. Oh my God. So that was the hardest thing. MTV. um, And I feel like MTV, especially the dating show I was on, which was like, I hate saying this, but like the not as classy version of The Bachelor, Uh. (laughs) which it was. If you've ever happened to stumble upon x on the beach you're like what is this that i'm watching i mean even um, I the title of it kind of gives away to like this is gonna be kind of a mess oh it's a giant train wreck yeah. that's that's the best word to describe the experience that i had on there was a train wreck mm-hmm. but you live and you learn and i like to say i came out of the other side much better that's good um but that one we filmed in malibu so that was a six weeks process I think so pretty long mm-hmm. filmed in Malibu we kind of did get to go you got to go off on dates and they would kind of take you somewhere but it's the same you have a producer staring at you mm-hmm. um you have kind of forced conversations that they want you to have um so it's it's different but I did enjoy well what I did enjoy of that experience was getting to make friends with the producers you got yeah. to there'd be people you interview, you pick your favorites. They're super sweet. And that time with them was kind of your escape. Like I thought my producers, like my therapist, I'm like, I'm going to tell you everything. Here's my two hours to just blab and have someone listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think those are the two biggest differences between the two shows. Weird. Yeah. Cause when you look at big brother, I guess you kind of were being interviewed, but if it's just coming from 
a box or a, a speaker, it's a very weird, different experience. Because I remember any interview, we loved the interviews on Bachelor because it felt like you said, it felt like therapy. You mm-hmm. just got to talk to your producer and they were super, you you developed a relationship them, with them over time. So it was just kind of like, oh, let's catch up. It was a little break from the house. It was nice. But I can't imagine just talking to a wall and plus not leaving the house at all is a huge point and a huge factor because I remember we went to Singapore for one of our like locations on Bachelor, which was amazing, but we couldn't leave the hotel. So it was just like a whole three days oh. of not leaving unless you went on a date and then you got to see stuff, but it was very small. And that that three days we went insane. We tried our best to get our own like privacy at any point, but we just felt like we were constantly being I don't know, bombarded by people, even when we weren't filming. So I can relate to that highlight. So I don't know how you actually mentally got through that. Plus, you were competing on a game show all during that same time. I, so props. But I will say people think it's harder being on Big Brother. I think it's so much easier. I'm like, look, you can stay sane because, you know, if you get to the end, you're winning a large yeah. sum of money. Yeah. And I'm like, I can stay and fight for that. But I know myself when it comes to a guy, like mm. I give the Bachelor girls so much credit because I don't think I could do it. If there was, if I did not know I was winning this man at the end and I just, I'm too competitive. Mm-hmm. I I would have a hard time making friends with the girl and then seeing her go on a date with the guy that I have a crush on. Mm-hmm. So the mental process for you guys, I fully applaud the fact that you kept your sanity, kept your wits on TV. Cause that to me, I think would be the hardest experience. Yeah, I agree with that. But for my experience, I almost might've done better on big brother because I am competitive as well, but I didn't have like feelings really so much for the guy. Like he was friendly and we right. got along, but it wasn't like, I need this man in my life. I must fight for this. So then I was just kind of like, <laughs> <Right. "Well, laughs> like, this is fine. Yeah, go on the date with him. That's fine, friend. Yeah, so it was more of the experience. But yeah, I could totally see that. So I was so interested in that because it sounds like they're not that far-fetched because essentially there's producers on the show. It sounded like Big Brother. It was more behind the scenes, but MTV is a whole different ball game. And Oh, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> I always tell people CBS and ABC, family-friendly. You're good. Like mm. you, You'll go on. You might have a, a weird experience, but you're going to come out the other side pretty normal. Yeah. MTV is like a whole different ballgame. Once you enter that world, it was the biggest shock for me. Cause I don't know. I guess I was expecting CBS or like, like you mm-hmm. expect with ABC, like friendly, like you kind of know what you're getting into. Like I knew what I was doing with big brother MTV. I got there and I think my jaw hit the ground and I was <laughs> like, what did I just sign up for? Oh, <laughs> I'm so normal. Um, and I'm here and they expect me to be like this absolute crazy mess. So that was a bit of a interesting <laughs> culture. Actually, shock. I interviewed for the challenge and they were like, how are you going to compete in the house? Like, how are, are people going to need to look out for you on this? So I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of chill. Like, <laughs> I'm probably not I'll, like, I'll be competitive. <laughs> That's how I am. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm athletic. I'm great yeah. at competitions. Like, Let me tug a rope, but I'm not going to go scream at someone while they're sleeping for no reason. (laughs) That's just not who I am. I just don't need to do that. I completely agree. I'm a happy person. I was wondering then too, because you've been on so many shows and like you said, you did win Big Brother. How do you find yourself mentally able to get through really crazy situations like that? And do you kind of apply that to your regular life now? Because 
I can't imagine the ups and downs you must have gone through, especially in a short period of time where you're just alone with everyone. So what, like, what is your process for getting through experiences like that? So for me, especially on Big Brother, family was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people, some people know, but I was on Big Brother with my sister. So that experience taught me the importance of having family and leaning on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just have such a small, close-knit family, and it really taught me to appreciate them. Because before I was in college, I was kind of an idiot. I was just going through life, having fun. Like I didn't really care about anything. I went to Texas. I cheered. I had a great time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that close to my sister and she's the only sibling I have. And now, especially after big brother going through that crazy stressful experience together, I learned like always appreciate family because they're not always going to be there. And when they are there, Mm -hmm. you know, you can lean on them and you can trust them and more than anyone. So That was kind of my biggest life lesson with Big Brother. It taught me, I mean, it really did. A lot of people don't believe us when we say this, but my sister and I were not close before Big Brother. We were just kind of on opposite spectrums. She did her thing. I did my thing. Um, But us being together really brought us, it kind of gave me a best friend. I mean, we still fight Mm -hmm. all the time. Like, don't get me wrong on that. But it really taught me like, okay, I, I can trust her and I need to appreciate her because she does so much for me. I'm trying to think with MTV what I learned from there. I mean, the silver lining, because if you watch my season X on Beach, I cry a lot. Understandably. I I love shedding a tear. I I don't know why. That is my natural inclination. Mm -hmm. Any conflict, confrontation, I cry. (laughs) And at first, I was really embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, you're that girl. How awful. But now I kind of embrace it. So like the silver lining of that is, yes, it was embarrassing. I hate that I cried on TV. But I think it's so important to let your emotions out Mm -hmm. and to talk to people and to not bottle it up because I oftentimes can do that. I'll bottle it up and I won't say anything. And then finally it'll crack. And then I just go everywhere. Mm -hmm. So silver lining of that, I'm like, all right, I did cry a lot. Cool. Embarrassing. You can find a lot of gifts (laughs) in me falling, but I learned it's okay. Like there's no shame in letting out your emotions. You should not be scared to say how you feel or express how you feel. And I feel like that's kind of a taboo. Like a, people are like, well, you have your stuff together if you don't ever show emotion. Mm-hmm. And me as an emotional person, I kind of like to think that it, that's definitely not true. So silver lining of that, I would say, is embracing who you are, um, being okay with showing who you are, being, being emotional and knowing that it's healthy and normal. Do you find yourself leaning on those things now outside of reality TV after you've retired on how you kind of handle conflict and crazy situations? For sure. And especially when it comes to handling conflict, because Mm -hmm. I think I was kind of known on these shows as the nice girl, the one who did not feel the need to scream and yell. And that's kind of how I handle myself now. I still think there's no need to be dramatic or be messy, especially on the internet. I mean, you get it on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. You get so much more attention the messy you are and the more you fight yeah. people and confront people. And that's just not how I operate. I like to believe kill them with kindness. And that's how mm-hmm. I operate with the trolls who say mean things on my Instagram. Like, kill with kindness. Them. they're going to feel stupid if you're nice to them. Um, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I learned on these shows. And that's kind of what I've taken into my life. Like, I could easily put these trolls on blast and be like, how dare you? So like someone commented on my Instagram yesterday and said I had the butt of a 10 year old boy. And I was like, interesting. But I just commented back and I was like, oh, thanks. You're so sweet. But also, why are you looking at 10 year olds butts? Like, yeah, 
So it just kind says of more about them in a funny way. I'm like, all right, I get a weird comment every day. I'm sure you are also used to this oh, yeah. on social media. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely something I learned. It's killing with kindness. It always works taking the high road versus um, taking a low blow at someone. I love that. Yeah. There's so many opportunities to take the low road. <laughs> they will present oh, you all the time. so tempting too. <laughs> yeah. But you always feel better in the long run, I feel, or I've noticed if you just either ignore them completely, which I think is honestly the best, or kill them with kindness and they still won't get it, but <laughs> you got to No, they fully won't get it, but it makes me feel a little better knowing that I was nice to them mm-hmm. and maybe – because with the thing with social media trolls and people are mean and what I always say is they're not mad at you. They yeah. don't hate you. They're unhappy with themselves. Yeah. Um, so if I can kind of shed light on that or I don't know, maybe if I'm nice to them, they'll have a better day. Who knows? Maybe that's me being way too optimistic to the trolls of the Internet, which is probable. But I'm always just like, take the take the high road. Be yeah. nice. You'll you'll feel better about yourself in the long run. I agree. Um, I kind of want to break into our little segments of you doing show and tell with me. So I'm asking everyone to bring something surprising or from their nightstand or something with a fun backstory. So do you have an object for us to break down? So it's actually, I can't get it because it's stuck in the back of my cabinet and I could not reach <laughs> it because I don't have a ladder. But I can describe it to you because I should get it out. It's very helpful. So I mentioned my sister and I argue all the time. That has been something we've done since we're little. And it's only two girls. My poor dad is like, what did I get myself into? But we're now 27 and 30 and the arguing has not stopped in the slightest. We will just argue about anything and everything, clothes, whatever. So my mom for Christmas got us both like this weird bulky gift and it was wrapped and she was like, open it. We're like, what is this mom? And inside of it, it was a plastic, like a massive plastic container of these fake, like plush snowballs. And we were like, mom, what is this? And she was like, when you and your sister, cause we used to live together. She goes, when you guys get mad at each other, don't call me. Don't, don't text me. I don't want to hear about your problems. Lock yourselves in a room together and start launching these fake snowballs at each other. You have a snowball fight. And we literally looked at her and we're like, mom, we're adults. We're not going to have a snowball fight in our bedrooms. And like, somehow that's going to solve everything. But for some odd reason, I thought that was so funny. So I still have this bin of fake snowballs. And we did, we did on Christmas day, we actually did go in our living room and just like launch these fake snowballs at each other, which happened to be actually Quite therapeutic and very fun. Um, We haven't done it again, but I still have, if I ever need to let out some anger or steam, I have my container of fake snowballs that my mom gave me. I'm like, thanks. I love how creative she is. I know. She was like, I'm done. Yeah, I guess she was getting it left and right from both of you. That's hilarious that she was like, I'm going to fix this problem and I'm going to, first of all, where do you even find fake snowballs? I don't know. I'm sure I I was like, mom, where? I'm sure it was like TJ Maxx or like one of those random stores where you're checking out and they have like all the random knickknacks. But why she decided Mm -hmm. to get her grown adult kids this is beyond me. Um, She really did think this was going to work. She thought this was going to solve all of the sister argument. She's still sadly mistaken, but the thought, it's the thought that counts. Thanks, mom. Oh my God. Well, besides that, because you do a lot, like you said, we, we all do the Instagram, you do fitness, you do a lot of things. Like, is there anything that has come up for you lately or has been on your heart or like something that you've been thinking a lot about lately that you kind of want to share that we can get into? 
So two things come to mind. And the first is health. And like, that's such a general broad topic, but my dad last week, and I kind of mentioned this on my Instagram, I just asked for general prayers for him, but he kind of had a scare where he had to get rushed to the ER and we didn't know what was happening. And it was truly terrifying. Mm -hmm. And he's fine now. He's at home all is well, but like that one phone call from my mom, where she was like, just talk to your dad. Like he just needs to talk Mm -hmm. to you. And he just was like, I love you. Like things are going to be okay. And I freaked out because I've been very fortunate that I haven't really lost anyone that I love in my Mm -hmm. life. I'm very lucky. That's one of my biggest fears is like suddenly losing someone. But that moment, even though he's okay now, really put into perspective, like health is wealth. And without health, you really have nothing. And I think that's something we often forget. And that's something I always say in my fitness classes. I try and remind people that, yes, some you don't want to work out sometimes and it sucks and we don't want to show up, but it's such a privilege to just get to move your body. Cause a lot of people don't even have the ability to show up to a workout class. They can't even sweat. They can't even walk some of them. So I think that everything kind of really got put into perspective when my dad kind of got sick. I'm very thankful he's okay. So that was number one, my little, like, oh my God, now I'm thankful for my health every single day of my life. I'm thankful for my family's health, something we should all be thankful for. Um, And then this kind of goes on topic of you and I being the busy bees that we are. And I'm sure you understand this as well, but the importance of asking for help. Mm -hmm. I'm someone where I am very prideful and I like to make very long to-do lists and I do not like letting (laughs) other people help me. I'm such a control freak. I'm like, I can ask for help, but do I think they're going to do it right? Um, What if someone forgets? I know if I take it on, then I will get it done. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten to the point where it's just too much. And I, I found myself like forgetting things or like there are little cracks and I was missing and I was getting stressed out. So I finally just asked for help. I hired someone to kind of help me on the side, just with like the organization stuff. Yeah. And it has been the biggest blessing. I still find myself kind of micromanaging being like, oh, I don't want to give them control. Like it makes me nervous, but it's such a good life lesson that you've got to delegate, like delegate tasks. You can, you're one human. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask for help. You're not expected to do everything on your own. So that's something I'm still working towards. But once I kind of realize it is okay to ask for help, it does not mean you're a failure. It does not mean that you're not successful or you're incapable of doing something. Um, it's made me feel a lot better. still working on my control freak, like very type eight issues. That's going to be a long process I'm going to have to work on, but asking for help has definitely made me, oh my God, I I feel like I can kind of breathe again. And I'm sure you definitely understand this with all the different things you have going on. Mm -hmm. It can be a lot, but help is definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. It's also saying no when you can and deciding like, yeah, that's been one I've been working on lately. Like I don't have to be everything for everyone and I can do less of things and still be accomplishing all the things that I want to or that I value to accomplish. And it's okay to be like, 
mm, that's not going to work for me. I'm so sorry. I'm too busy or whatever the right. reason is. Yeah. That, that's what I'm working on. I'm yeah. definitely, I don't understand why I'm such a people pleaser. I'm like, when did this happen? Mm-hmm. But that's, I, I'm right there with you. I'm someone, I will say yes immediately. And then when it comes down to the day when I'm supposed to do that thing, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dreading this. Why did I not just say no in the moment? Mm-hmm. But in also there, there's a way to say no in a respectful way. For some reason, I feel like people think, especially people pleasers, maybe like you mm-hmm. and I think that if you say no, it's rude. And it's like, no, you can say no, I, I have too much on my plate right now, but thank you um, yeah. for the offer. So I'm also working on that. It's a work in progress though. It's a lifelong process, I think for sure. Also, I'm like going back to your dad. I'm so happy to hear that he's doing better. But yeah, that is the scariest thing in the world where it puts everything into perspective and you realize like nothing really matters besides that. Like nothing really matters besides the people that you love. You realize like you stressing all over all the things and you trying to be so busy and doing all of that. Like I would drop that in a heartbeat to be with my family or someone that I love. So. It's nice to have that little reminder with him still being like good and healthy. So thank right. God. For sure. Yes. Um, you do a lot of things, as we said, a lot. But um, how do you I've I've noticed from like looking at your career kind of and following you on Instagram, you've had I feel like a lot of different lives. Like before you were a cheerleader, you were going a little bit into TV hosting, and then you were on reality TV and now you're doing fitness. Like how have you, looking back on your life, decided like, okay, I'm going to make these shifts? Like are are those conscious decisions for you or is it kind of like you've let things fall into place and just kind of go with the flow? Like what is your mindset around like deciding your next move? I definitely think everything kind of just led me to where I was. Going up until I guess like maybe this past year, I kind of just said yes to the opportunities that were given to me. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that everything opens up another door. So you should always be kind to people, talk to people, say yes to things. You really never know what next step that will lead you to or who it's going to introduce you to. So especially with reality TV, that's kind of how I operated because I was never quite sure what I wanted to do, especially after college. I wanted to be a news reporter. I didn't end up taking a job in that. So I took a job in PR that led me to be on Big Brother um, randomly. So I was like, okay, so I'll do Big Brother. Then I got out and was like, maybe I want to do TV hosting. Like I got a degree in broadcast journalism. Maybe I'll do that. Well, that kind of didn't work, but then a door opened to go on MTV. So I was like, well, I still don't really know what I'm doing with my life. So I might as well just say yes. That led to another thing. And now I feel like I've learned enough about myself. I feel like I really kind of grew up in the three years that I was doing all of this, going from show to show and um, moving from Austin, moving to California to now I kind of understand where I want to be. And I think with fitness, where I am now, I just learned that I enjoy giving back to people. I enjoy interacting with, I mean, kind of, I hate saying the word fans because I'm like, ew, but like, whatever, like the people who watched you on TV, Um, I like interacting with them. I like just giving back. I know for us, especially like you go on these shows, you gain a following. And I think for me, the biggest thing, I did not want to just be a girl who just posted pretty photos. Nothing wrong with that. I'm fully supportive of whatever you want to post, but I was just like, all right, what am I going to do with this platform that can help people? And I always got questions about fitness. I always got questions about working out and like what I did. So I was like, all right, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And then once I launched my business and I think the first message I got from a client where they were like, you have taught me to be confident and love myself and change my lifestyle for the better. 
that's when I was like, all right, okay. I know now what I have been put on this earth to do. Um, and I feel like everything just kind of led me to that moment. Even the pandemic, people are always like, oh, 2020 was such a hard year. And yes, it was. But even that led me to launch a business because people were at home and they were needing workouts. So everything in my life has kind of just led me to where I am now, which I'm Uh hoping this is kind of where I will stop and stay. Um, But yeah, I kind of just said yes. And I believe that being a good person and putting out good energy will just kind of carry you to where you're supposed to be. And that's kind of how my life has worked thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping this is like kind of my end all, like where I'm supposed to stay. But I mean, who knows what opportunity will, will come. Hopefully no more reality TV. Maybe. I don't know. I'd say <laughs> the amazing race. I always say that. But mm, yeah, we'll I would do that one with you. <laughs> it's true. When you really just stay open, it sounds like you were just open and you didn't really question things too much. And you kind of trusted who you were on and your path and whatever that path was, whether it looked like whatever you thought it was going to look like or something completely different. So that could be reality TV. That could be um, hosting all of the things that you've done. And you just kind of let the doors open for you. And when they didn't open, I'm sure you found a window or whatever thing happened. It sounds very like, oh, just this led to this and this led to this. But I'm sure that there was twists and turns and you weren't always like sure what you were going to do next. And those times are really hard. But it sounds like you like kind of just kept the faith and trusted it. So I love yeah. it. Oh, there's, I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's moments where I was crying on my floor yeah. being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. Do I move back home to Texas? Am I supposed to be in LA? But again, Mm -hmm. I'm also like a firm believer in like God and like trusting that Mm -hmm. process. So I think just kind of like leaning on that and going back to like our initial first conversation, leaning on family too. I think that has helped me through everything. It's like kind of my parents being like, we're here for you. Follow your dreams. I've been very fortunate that, I mean, my dad still kind of is one of, you don't have a 401k. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, whatever, we'll deal with that later in life. Um, But they've been very supportive of what I want to do, whether it is conventional or not so conventional, whether I'm working at a desk or making money selling things on Instagram. So I've been Mm -hmm. very lucky. That's amazing. Uh, Going back to your now, the work that you do, like what lights you up about fitness? What do you do to work with your clients? Because I know it is a very saturated field, but I watch you and I follow your stories and you just seem like, it seems like very in alignment for you. And it does seem like it lights you up and you're also super helpful in creating this Move Like Morgan community. So like, what is it about the business that you have and how do you kind of incorporate what you love into what you do? For me, when I started a fitness business, that was the number one thing I wanted to do was create a community. Mm -hmm. I I get intimidated when it comes to fitness. I get intimidated when it comes to like fitness groups. So my big thing was I want to take a small group and I want to make them feel like a community. So not just signing up for a program and I slap some workouts on paper and give it to them and say, all right, go crazy. Like, hope you do good. Um, So what I did, I started a 60 day program where I take 10 to 15. I mean, it's normally women, but I'm welcome to men too. Um, So, I mean, it's literally mostly moms and I fully support my mom group. I love them so much, but I take them a 60 day process. I give them a full nutrition plan because a lot of people don't realize, and I'm sure you get it. Nutrition is so huge. You will not meet your fitness goals until you get your diet under control. So it's really 80% diet. And I always say like 20% fitness. So I give them a full nutrition plan, kind of walk them through the steps of 
what can we change? What are you eating? What are you, what nutrients are you not getting? So I do that. And then I also give them their workouts. And then I think what really has created this community is through the app that I use, there's a group chat. So we, I'm in constant communication with them and it's, it's not just, why are you not doing this? Why did you not eat what you're supposed to do today? Why did you skip your workout? It's more motivating. And I try and tell my people all the time. And my saying is progress, not perfection. Cause I feel like a lot of fitness coaches, and maybe you understand this too. It's like, you have to be perfect. You can't cheat on your diet. You can't miss a day or you're a failure. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not normal. We're human. Like I'm not going to do that. So I can't tell my people to not go enjoy a weekend off. So I think that's what has made people really enjoy it is they, they don't feel intimidated and they don't feel like I'm going to get mad at them for not being perfect. I'm also just in constant communication with them. And then I also teach fitness classes, which kind of has come full circle. Cause then once they do my 60 day program, it's not like I might like, see you later. Don't talk to me ever again. Then they can see me once a week and take classes with me. So It's been kind of fun to see everything go full circle because when I first started the business, I really did not know if it was going to work. I didn't know if people were going to enjoy it. I knew kind of what I liked and I was going to make this program based on things that have worked for me. Um, But to see the results and see people actually change not only their diet, but like they felt more confident. One of my clients had severe headaches and just by her changing her diet and starting to work out. She no longer is on medication. Her headaches have gone away. So just to see that in 60 days, I can help these people make kind of like lasting lifestyle changes is really amazing. And I think after the first one, I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. Like this is going to work. Like I can do this. And I eventually later down the line, my goal is to do yearly, like move like Morgan fitness retreats where I can bring this community of women from all over the country. I mean, I even have people like in Canada to bring them together for one weekend where they can meet the people that they're friends with. They can meet their challenge like teammates and do like a weekend because that's the thing with fitness. You never want to do it when you're alone. Like it's not Mm -hmm. fun. I don't want to go to the gym by myself. I'm not motivated. But when I have a community of people encouraging me who are doing the same things as me, then I'm like, Oh my God, I want to go to the gym. I want to make these changes because I know I have a team behind me. We'll see. That's like my, my next goal. My next to-do list thing is to plan some kind of retreat, but hopefully this keeps going. Hopefully I I feel bad because I'm one person. I wish I could clone myself and work with like a hundred people at one Mm -hmm. time, but I can right now kind of only do 10 to 15. It's going good. It's, it's, I call them the more gains um, because we're getting more gains with Morgan. Um, I'm like so lame, but yeah, it's it's (laughs) very rewarding. You always have really good plan words. So I love it. I love Um, it. Yeah. It's, you can't beat it, honestly. How do you continuously, because you said you're one person, how do you continue to show up in everything that you do? You show up on Instagram, positive, ready to go. You show up in those classes, you show up for those women, which is, I can know from personal experience, it can be hard to take on other people's lives and other people, the things that they're going through and you're trying to help them, but without like keeping the boundaries of like your life to their life. Like, how do you continue to show up on those days that aren't so easy? That's a great question. I feel people ask me that. And I'm like, I don't really have an answer. I've just always been like this. And I don't know if it's going back to just how I grew up. I grew up doing a lot of things at once. In college, I cheered at Texas. So I cheered six games a week, had practice every day. I was in a sorority. I worked full time. I had a full class load, but I just enjoy being busy. I, I'm just such a type A person where I like that. So I don't know if it goes back to that or 
I think I enjoy seeing other people be happy. I enjoy seeing them be positive. And if I know if I am, it rubs off on them. But like to answer your question, I don't have a specific like how I do it because I'm still trying to figure that out. I drink a lot mm-hmm. of caffeine, love a good pre-workout. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've just kind of always been like this. Um, I know that's not like a great answer, but I... I I always kind of go back to cheerleading. I think that has a lot to do with it. Just growing up in that environment of kind of always being peppy and always being happy and bouncing around. I feel like that's just continued throughout my life. But as soon as I figure out the root of all of this, the answer that everyone wants to know, I will make sure to report back. I just have yet to figure that one out. Well, I feel like in general, those types of things are usually driven by a why, like why I'm doing this. It's usually a bigger reason or something that's emotionally attached to what you're doing. Do you know what your why is for why you do the things that you do? I mean, I think for sure. And I hate saying that social media is my why, because I don't think it's actually social media is my why, but receiving messages saying I was having such a crappy day. But I go on and look at your story and it has made me feel more positive and it has changed my day around and it has made me realize that I too can be positive and have a good day. Messages like that really, for some reason, impact me because it's people don't know me. And I always get kind of, and maybe mm-hmm. you understand this, I always get very flattered because I'm kind of shy. Like I'm never going to message a complete stranger. I think yeah. it's so kind that people will reach out to me and just be like, Hey, like, I just appreciate watching your stories. I appreciate your positivity and know that it has impacted my life. And I think that is my why, just knowing that just by being a positive person, you can change a complete stranger who might not even live in the United Mm -hmm. States. So I I think that is my why. I just, I've always wanted to help people and change people and have some sort of impact. And if I can use Instagram as crazy as it is for any sort of good and making it more of a positive place, I think that is my why. Get it. It's essentially community and you're using your work and your talents to lift other people sure. and to make a difference in other people's lives in some way, big or small. Yeah. Well, and I think so that's great. Social media gets such a bad rap of being such a nasty place. And trust me, it can be. But if I can find any sort of way to make it a better not as nasty negative place. I'm like, I feel like that's kind of my purpose. It's not like I'm ever going to like combat the trolls or anything, but to just bring some sort of positivity. Cause right now I feel like people go on Instagram and they just tear each other down because it's so easy. Like I could sit behind my keyboard and write nasty things and feel better about myself, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to trying Mm -hmm. to like kind of make it make it into a better place if I can. I love it. Going back to the fitness stuff, because you are a fitness professional, I feel like people are always a little, not always, but sometimes get confused and like, okay, what is right for me? I've been told 20 million things. What do I eat? What works? What have you found for your clients that works for them and kind of helping them on their journeys, both with health and with fitness? And just what have you kind of noticed lately as far as trends or things that are working for you fitness wise? It's funny because a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh my God, are you gluten free? Are you keto? Like, do you do any of these crazy diets? And I'm like, absolutely not. For me, I find that balance is the absolute best. I don't believe in dieting. I don't believe in starving yourself. And I think that is the biggest thing when my clients come to me, 
that is like the most mind blowing thing for them. They're like, Oh my God, she's not telling me to only eat a thousand calories a day. Like that's how I'm going to lose weight. And like, mm. and I'm like, no, 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 you're not a toddler. Toddlers need like 1400 calories to survive. Okay. Like, let's be clear about that. You're a grown woman. So you need to eat like your body is a machine and it carries you through life. So why are you starving it? I mean, what a lot of people don't realize mm. is when you starve yourself, you're not going to meet your goals. It kind of does the opposite of what you want it to do. Your body holds on to fat and it, it doesn't work properly. So I think that's the biggest thing is me being like, all right, we got to get you to where you're eating enough. Um, and I always tell people my, what my clients do, which I find very helpful is counting macros just because, and not saying you mm-hmm. need to count calories and be obsessive because I do think that kind of can lead to disordered eating but just being aware of what you're putting into your body. Cause a lot of people don't realize, Oh my God, this thing that I was eating that I thought was so healthy. Once I look at what's in it is actually so unhealthy and Mm -hmm. so high in fat and high in carbs and there's no protein. So I think that is the biggest kind of wake up call. Um, when people start working with me, as I Mm -hmm. tell them one, you need to eat, um, we are grown women. Um, and to start paying attention to what you're putting in your body. Like you need protein. You need a certain amount of carbs. A lot of people are scared of carbs. And I'm like, I love a good carb. Mm-hmm. You need a good carb to function. So <laughs> Why are we cutting out all carbs? Let's please not do that anymore. Um, so that I feel like is kind of a wake up call, but it's, I, to me, I'm like, I think it's kind of comforting to realize like food is your friend, food is fuel. And that's my biggest thing that I try and remind people is it's not something you should be scared of. You should obviously eat healthy, but you need to make sure you're eating enough. That's kind of like the nutrition mm-hmm. aspect. And then for fitness, I always tell people you have to find something that's fun. If you're, if you're bored and miserable, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it. I like high intensity, high fast paced workouts. So that's kind of what I bring to my clients. Mm-hmm. Like the classes I teach are hit workouts. So they're very fast paced, fun music. But I always say you have to find what you like, whether it's kickboxing or weightlifting or trying class pass to where you can find kind of the class that works for you. Cause again, fitness should be fun. Mm-hmm. You should not be miserable. Um, so just finding that thing that you enjoy. Do you also plan out your meals? Are you one of those people that's like my workouts this day, I do upper body this day, I do this. And this day I'm eating this for lunch. And are you one of those <laughs> so people? Or are you just a little bit more free a about little, it? <laughs> the only reason I am is so I'm working with a fitness coach myself. And it is funny. People are like, but you're a coach. I'm like, yes, even coaches have coaches and those coaches have coaches. We can always always learn and I'm always (laughs) trying to kind of challenge myself and discipline myself. So I'm working with the fitness coach and I have my own set of goals. I really want to, because I've always been muscular, but I've never really lifted heavy. I've never tried to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone. So that's what I'm working on with him to Mm -hmm. see if I can actually grow. Um, So I do kind of loosely track macros. I'll watch what I eat mainly to make sure I'm getting enough protein in because that's what a lot of people don't realize. If you do have these specific goals and you do want to grow muscles, you have to eat enough protein. So I watch what I eat when it comes to that. Um, I don't really pay attention to calories. I just make sure I'm eating enough. And then I do have a workout split, which is, it sounds so fitnessy of me to be like, oh my God, my workout split. Like, who am I? I'm like, Ew, that's kind of <laughs> gross. Um, but I do. So I, I, I'll do like a, a leg day. I'll do an upper body day. I'll do a push and a pull day. And then I'll do like a cardio day when I teach class. But that's like a very complicated. I feel like people are listening to this and being like, oh my God, I'm intimidated. Um, but I always say, just start small. I've, I've been doing fitness my whole entire life. 
So for me, I finally got to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm getting burnt out doing the same old, like I need to challenge myself or I'm going to get bored. So that's kind of where I am currently. Yeah. I also agree. The fun is the huge element. And for me, it's also being around people to motivate me, whether it's me motivating them within a group or being in just a fun class because- my boyfriend's really good at just going to the gym 5 a.m., not talking to anyone, doing his thing, leaving where I'm like, oh, no, I have to, I have to <laughs> yeah. chat and yeah, and just hear music. And yeah, so it's a whole different experience. I think just, just yes, finding what works best for you and be willing to try different things and just right. see what happens because it should be fun. It should be exciting. Exactly. Um, one last question I have because I'm actually really, really interested in the fact that you are dating someone <laughs> from a reality TV show and just that balance. Plus also you guys are so fun together. So keeping the fun that you have. I saw you post this on Instagram recently. You were like, I'm finding a new apartment. I know I'm not living with Johnny. I just like to have my own space. Yeah. Like, don't even ask. But I just like that's how we operate. So just the balancing of that and just kind of how you guys both balance being a little bit in the public eye and your own passions and your careers and while still being um, yeah. together in your relationship. I mean, it definitely was difficult in the beginning. I'm not going to kind of paint it to be like all sunshine and rainbows especially when we first yeah. got off reality TV together. Cause I'm new to reality TV, like hearing hateful comments and rumors was a very hard for me to deal with. I did not do well with it. I would go on Instagram and just go down this black hole of like finding key accounts and mm. looking at comments and nitpicking everything. And I mean, he's been on TV for 20 years. He's like, you've got to stop doing that. <laughs> like that is going to be what ruins this relationship. You just can't let the public affect what you have because I'm sure celebrities understand this too. Like you just have to block out the noise and be confident in what you have and not let little people say anything to kind of ruin what you have. So that was like the biggest learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. But once I realized that I don't have to listen to people and I can block out the noise, we were able to kind of move forward. But I think the biggest key for us is Mm -hmm. we're both very independent people. So I'm okay with him going on his trips. He's okay with me going on my trips. And even when we're home together, we're doing separate things. He's out gardening or doing whatever he does in the backyard. I'm inside working. It is not like we spend 24 seven together. And I think that's what works. Cause then when we do spend time together, we actually value each other's time. We value each other's company. We enjoy each other. We laugh. Um, we cook dinner, we hang out, then we watch Netflix. Um, but I think that's my biggest piece of advice to anyone. It's You've got to find what you like and do that on your own. Like there's no reason you have to do every single thing with your partner. Um, And I think that's kind of what makes us work. I mean, we have different interests. I know like the challenge is kind of his thing. So I'm like, I'll support from far, like go have fun, do that. And he knows like my fitness classes are what's important to me. So he lets me go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of what has helped us. But again, it, it's hard. I don't want to paint it like, oh my God, being in a relationship in the public eye is the easiest thing ever. Because it's definitely not. I give celebrities, because yeah. we don't have paparazzi. Like, no one really cares who we are. Like sometimes we'll get noticed, but mm-hmm. I can't fathom having paparazzi follow you or take photos or start rumors that you see. I mean, I get freaked out whenever I see one little thing on Instagram. So it's definitely difficult. You have to be very (laughs) confident in who you are, very confident in your relationship, which I am now. But again, at the beginning, whole different story. Um, So just kind of learning what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I think that element you mentioned of having kind of your own lives and your own things that light you up and then coming together when you come together. I think that's important in any relationship because if you do everything together and you're everything, like 
it's going to be boring after a little bit because that's they are what everything you value is just that one person. So try to find your own life within their life. Amazing. Well, I just have my final questions and that is all she wrote. First one is if you could share a meal with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh man. Okay. I'm going to do one dead, one alive. So my dead, because I hate saying dead. Okay. My past, Um, (laughs) my grandpa, I um, he's just, he seems so amazing. He passed away when I was like three and my dad just talked so highly of him. He's always like, your, your opas, what we call him would be so proud of you. I, I mean, I wish he was here. So I think to be able to talk to him, cause my sister kind of got to know him more than I did. Um, because I was so little. So I would love to have a conversation with him just to like be able to talk to him. Um, and then alive, I have like a fascination with Lady Gaga. I think really? she's so- talented, ama- like fascinating human. I don't know why the, a star is born. is my favorite movie. Johnny's like, I'm tired of watching that, um, but I love it. And she was just in West Hollywood um, at a bar, like down the street from where I live. And I almost had a heart attack because I missed her, but I would love to just sit down because I feel like as a celebrity, she's someone who seems real. Like she seems very down to earth. She seems like mm-hmm. she'd actually be okay with having a conversation with a complete stranger. Nobody lady Gaga, if you're listening, I would love to <laughs> love to have dinner. <laughs> yeah. She definitely subscribes. So I'll let yeah. you know. <laughs> she, that's true. Cause she, she's shared a lot lately. I've noticed about like her health journey and her mental health. And she's been really open about that, which is amazing that she does yeah. that. Plus her dogs, that whole thing that just happens. Yeah. I feel like she's just been We've seen all parts of her life recently, so I could see why that would be a that would be a great dinner. Yeah. Um, I would just want her to sing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, when was the, when was the last time you overshared something that you may wish you could take back? Oh my god! Every day of my life <laughs> on my story, <laughs> literally. Not that I really overshared, but I did for a split second. I was like, oh my god, maybe I should delete that on my story mm-hmm. last week. I did like a Q and A, and someone asked about my anxiety because um, I suffer from pretty bad anxiety, but I kind of went into detail and like really opened up of what it feels like and how it affects me. And it, it just is funny that the stigma around mental health, like it, it really is a stigma. Like you feel, I'm like, I don't want to sound crazy. Like I don't want people mm-hmm. to think I, I can't function or I mm-hmm. can't operate in my life. Um, so I almost deleted it. And now I kind of feel silly. Cause I'm like, no, like that's who I am. That's what I struggle with. But in that moment, I did feel like I overshared because sometimes I forget. I do have 300,000 people who follow yeah. me. And sometimes I, I can keep things private, but I do try and open up with the things that I know will help other people. Mm-hmm. It is hard though, sometimes, because I get a little freaked out when I feel like I overshare too much, but I kept it and hopefully it, it did help someone. Yeah. It's so difficult sometimes with social media and sharing things. You're like, eh, it's, there's oftentimes a fine line and you don't want to say too much or you don't want to say the wrong thing. So I constantly am like overthinking everything oh, I'm putting up. I well, so I get it. <laughs> um, share what you would like to be remembered by. Being positive, happy, and having good energy. I think the best compliment I've ever gotten is you have really good energy. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't know why I think that's such a compliment because it's not like you're so funny or you're so beautiful, but like having good energy means like you rub off on other people and people want to be around you. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I want to be remembered by is like, making a change, being positive, um, having good energy and like being that person, like that people gravitate towards. Um, last question. Can you share one last piece of advice to leave my audience off with? I'd say just my advice is go for it. 
Cause I think that's kind of what I live for. And I, I get that question a lot of like, I'm miserable in my job. What do I do? Do I stay? And I'm always like, go for it. I'm not telling you to quit and have no income piece by piece, just every day work towards what your main goal is, whether it's, you want to start your own business like I did, or you want to eventually move on and change industries. Just like day by day, do one thing that will make you go get closer to that end goal and just go for it. Cause you have one life. And that's what I always say. You have one life to live and how sad and upset are you going to be when you're 80 years old and you look back and you're like, I wish I would have at least tried it. Maybe it didn't work out, but I wish I would have at least tried it. So my advice, go for it, whatever it may be, whatever you've been wanting to do, just try it. Might not work, but you're going to regret it if you don't. Oftentimes, like you're a good example of that. If you try the thing, it might not end up being the thing, but it might lead you to what the thing is. You might as well try. Thank you so much, Morgan. Um, Can you just tell everyone where they can find you, your programs, Instagram, all that stuff? Yes. So my personal Instagram where I'm the most active is at Morgan Lee Willette, my whole name. If you want to follow my fitness Instagram, that's at Move Like Morgan. If you want information on any of my fitness programs, it's www.movelikemorgan.com. Yay. Thank you so much. Like I said, this was awesome. And I'm so glad we got to sit down finally. Yes, finally. I'm like in our busy life, we we got an hour in. I'm so proud. We got an hour. (laughs) That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday. 